Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. My name is Perry Beiter. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Here at the Washington Ethical Society, we value the inherent worth of every person. As an expression of our values, as we emerge from the Omicron wave, we are practicing caution and streaming platform from the main hall today without in-person attendees. There are just a few of us here at the meeting house, socially distant and masked except while at the podium. We are practicing for a return to fully hybrid programs, we hope as soon as next week. Stay tuned for announcements at the end of the platform today or refer to Friday's email from the reopening task force for more information. Whether you're watching the recording later or live on Zoom now, it is good to connect across time and space. If you're joining live on Zoom, please say hello in the chat. Having your chat set for everyone will give everyone else in the Zoom a chance to see your greetings. Please say hello whether you're a brand new visitor, a longtime member, a neighbor from another ethical society or Unitarian Universalist congregation, or a person who's not in any of those categories. There's also a closed captioning option on Zoom that can be turned on or off. The chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. Visitors, special welcome to you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. If you're a visitor watching this recording later, that, inf that invitation is for you as well. You can fill out a connection form at tiny.cc slash westconnects. I will now read a few of the greetings that folks have written into the chat. While I'm doing that, you might want to get a candle to the light during our candle lighting. We have here. Okay, here's the chat. So scrolling back up to catch up, Rajesh says, morning all. Morning from Karen Schofield-Lecca, from Julie Drizzen, from Adam Limehouse. Susan Ewing says hello, Donna Taylor. Um, yeah. Yes, it is good to have sound. Thank you, tech team. Uh, Christine Parcelli says good morning. Abby Dakins is really looking forward to this platform. Bell Hooks is an inspired choice for Pay Attention to Love Day. Uh, Jeff Mihal, good morning, Judy and Wes. But I also see Perry Biter there too, so good morning, Perry. Okay. Yeah, good thing to see me when I'm the officiant. Sue Smith says good snowy morning. Uh, Robin, good morning. It says uh, happy Pay Attention to Love Sunday. Uh, Alex Abbott, Mike. Uh, sorry, Vivek, yeah, um, Joni Sarles, Johnny Sarles, uh, Catherine Carpenter, first-time visitor, welcome, Catherine, glad to have you with us. Laura DeShulo says good morning. Um, well, Judy uh, is with us as today's tech host, uh, chat host. Um, Adam Goldberg, Maceo. Judy Hanrahan, hello Judy, haven't seen you for a while. Uh, Joe London, Bill Wilson, okay, uh, Sue Jacobson, Vincent Tyler, from uh, Laura and Vincent. Okay, great, glad to have you all with us this morning. It's good to connect and share this time together. Once you're prepared, I invite you to settle in wherever you are as we continue to gather. Our opening words this morning are in the form of a short quote from the book, All About Love, New Visions by Bell Hooks. To live well is the task in all meaningful relationships, not just romantic bonds. This quote from Bell Hooks is right in line with the tradition of pay attention to love day at West when we remember that love among friends, neighbors, extended family, community, and other relationships are just as important as the ones 
that gets celebrated in greeting cards. We begin our platform with music that is perhaps more apt given today's weather than it would have been the last few days here in Washington. correction there, the English lyrics are by Marilyn and Alan Bergman. Jacques Demy wrote the original French lyrics. Well, welcome once again. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. You can record a video of yourself reading the statement of purpose if that works better for you or you can present the statement of purpose alongside us as we broadcast live. If you're relatively new to our community or haven't been as active lately, it's an easy way to introduce or reintroduce yourself. Our reader today is Susan Runner, who is not a newcomer to our community. She's been around a long time. I've had the pleasure to work with her on multiple occasions. Currently, we both serve on the uh, Senior Leader Search Committee. Susan? The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each other's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light one now as Susan lights our candle here in the hall and I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Today's platform is about the practice of love, 
Today's Time for All Ages has something to say about that. Thanks, Perry. Hello, friends. I'm Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. Our platform today is about how we practice love. Love isn't just a feeling, it's how we act with the people, the beings who are important to us. Someone who knew a lot about love and who shared what she knew in poetry, in classes, in books for children and adults was a person called Bell Hooks. She said that love is what we demonstrate by showing care, respect, knowledge, integrity, and the will to cooperate. And she said that the places where we grow up, our families, our communities, can be schools for love. Places where we learn how to practice care and respect. Her picture book, Homemade Love, helps explain what she meant. Homemade Love by Bell Hooks. My mama calls me girl pie. Her sweet, sweet. Daddy's honey bun chocolate dewdrop. Homemade love. All good, good. But everything I do cannot be right, because there is no all the time right. But all the time, any hurt can be healed, all wrongs forgiven, and all the world made peace again. Kiss, kiss. Let life go on. And all the girl pies sleep tenderly, lost in deep dreams, nighttime surrender, closed door sleep alone time. Memories of arms that hold me holding me still. No need to fear the dark place, cause everywhere is home. The end. I like the part of the story where Girl Pie makes a mistake, and even though the mama crossed her arms and tapped her foot, the family knew that this was a hurt that could be healed wrongs forgiven, and all the world made peace again. Most of us aren't our best selves the whole time. When we practice love, we can face that truth and we can make repairs together. May every person be surrounded by loved ones who celebrate us and hold us accountable and give us the courage to be our best selves. As we consider a deeper peace and a larger love, let's enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the people of Ukraine living under the imminent threat of invasion. And I'm also mindful of recent losses in our denominational families. This week saw the passing of Al Miller, longtime administrator of the American Ethical Union, and Jean Popke, national leader in the Unitarian Universalist Association. Our condolences to their families and friends. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us.
Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. As we begin our meditation, please take a moment to get comfortable wherever you are seated or standing or in whatever other posture. Work out any tension that might be distracting you. Let's all take one comfortable, mindful, renewing breath. As you continue to breathe, notice the feeling of breathing in, notice the feeling of breathing out. Bring your attention to the present moment as we hear these words from Leslie Takahashi. All that we have ever loved and all that we have ever been stands with us on the brink of all that we aspire to create a deeper peace a larger love a more embracing hope a deeper joy in this life we share we continue our meditation in silence and then in the music that follows. And without further ado, we're just gonna get started real quick. Warm myself up. This is my warm up real quick. So y'all here. Oh. 
The reading this morning is a series of quotes from All About Love, New Visions by Bell Hooks, specifically from Chapter 6, Values, Living a Love Ethic. She writes, The underlying values of a culture and its ethics shape and inform the way we speak and act. A love ethic presupposes that everyone has the right to be free, to live fully and well. To bring a love ethic to every dimension of our lives, our society would need to embrace change. I know no one who has embraced a love ethic whose life has not become more joyous and more fulfilling. The widespread assumption that ethical behavior takes the fun out of life is false. In actuality, living ethically ensures that relationships in our lives, including encounters with strangers, nurture our spiritual growth. We can collectively regain our faith in the transformative power of love by cultivating courage, the strength to stand up for what we believe in, to be accountable both in word and deed. Cultures of domination rely on the cultivation of fear as a way to ensure obedience. In our society, we make much of love and say little about fear. Yet we are all terribly afraid most of the time. As a culture, we are obsessed with the notion of safety. Yet we do not question why we live in states of extreme anxiety and dread. Fear is the primary force upholding structures of domination. It promotes the desire for separation, the desire to not be known. When we are taught that safety lies always with sameness, then difference of any kind will appear as a threat. When we choose to love, we choose to move against fear, against alienation and separation. The choice to love is a choice to connect, to find ourselves in the other. All the great social movements for freedom and justice in our society have promoted a love ethic. Concern for the collective good of our nation, city, or neighbor, rooted in the values of love, makes us all seek to nurture and protect that good. If all public policy was created in the spirit of love, we would not have to worry about unemployment, homelessness, schools failing to teach children, or addiction. Were a love ethic informing all public policy in cities and towns, individuals would come together and map out programs that would affect the good of everyone. To live our lives based on the principles of a love ethic, showing care, respect, knowledge, integrity, and the will to cooperate, we have to be courageous. 
Learning how to face our fears is one way we embrace love. Our fear may not go away, but it will not stand in the way. Those of us who have already chosen to embrace a love ethic, allowing it to govern and inform how we think and act, know that when we let our light shine, we draw to us and are drawn to other bearers of light. We are not alone. Thanks again, Perry. Love is an important practice for ethical humanists. As people who strive to act in such a way that we elicit the best in others and thereby in ourselves, we know that we, it makes a difference when we speak and act in love. As Valentine's Day approaches and we are bombarded with images of romantic love that may or may not be healthy, this is a good time to reorient ourselves to our deepest values. We remind ourselves about what love means in concrete terms. At the end of last year, the world lost one of its great sages who wrote about love the author, feminist, poet, professor, and social activists known to her readers as Bell Hooks died in December at the age of 69. Born Gloria Jean Watkins, she used her great-grandmother's name as a pen name, and she would write it in all lowercase, and said this was so readers would focus on, quote, the substance of books, not who I am. As an author and as an academic, Bell Hooks was successful and influential. She taught at various universities such as Stanford, Yale, and City College of New York before returning home to Kentucky to join the faculty at Berea College in 2004, where she was a distinguished professor in residence in Appalachian Studies. With over 30 published books on topics ranging from racism to pedagogy to a culture of place, there's a lot that we can learn from Bell Hooks. Yet for the West tradition of pay attention to Love Day, concentrating on her book all about love, new visions, seems the logical place to begin. Written in 1999 and published in 2000, this was her first in a series about love that also included communion, the will to change, and salvation. While the book all about love does address romantic love, Hooks makes the specific point that romance isn't the only or the most important kind of love, and that all love is better understood as a practice rather than a sentiment. In practicing a love ethic, Hook said that love is best understood as a verb. Inspired by M. Scott Peck and the road less traveled, Hooks advocated for clear operational definitions of love. She wrote, to truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust, as well as open and honest communication. Now we might be surprised that as a poet, Hooks was less caught up in creating metaphors and images that described the inner experience of feeling affection than she was fierce in insisting that we can all learn how to love well. Yet as a poet, she knew that words have meaning in a living world. Here at West, some of the skills that Hooks describes as being part of the practice of love are included in our community relations pact. In this community, we agree to communicate directly with kindness, sincerity, authenticity, and clarity from our own perspective. We agree to listen actively and be open to receiving feedback without responding with criticism, judgment, defensiveness, or demand. In this community, we express gratitude regularly, readily, and accept appreciation graciously. And those are just a few items from the first section of the pact, and all of this is easier 
said than done. Love in a community setting asks us to communicate about our perspectives, our needs and wants, yet also recognizes the perspectives, needs and wants of others. With kindness and consideration, we understand that our own perspective does not equal a demand that all operations be geared toward making us comfortable at the expense of others' ability to participate. Love calls us to show up in service to others, to express appreciation, to look carefully at the pieces that are missing that would help us to create a place where all can, as Bell Hook says, live fully and well. Love makes room for repair. The West Community Relations Pact reminds us to accept responsibility for our own feelings, expressions, behavior, and actions. And when there are hurts, we express regret for the harm we may have caused, offer to make amends for transgressions, and do better in the future. Recently, the Community Relations Committee offered a workshop that touched on these skills as well as the part of the pact related to building a healthy community. We come together in community from a variety of backgrounds, bringing all kinds of experiences and heavy emotions from other parts of our lives. Of course, we will sometimes make mistakes and have conflicts. Our brushes with misunderstanding when we navigate them skillfully can be the sandpaper that softens our sharp corners and helps us to smooth out the pathways for forward movement. And this is sharply different from how many of us were raised. There are plenty of settings without room for forgiveness or repair. We might say that these are places without grace, though I know that can be a tricky word. There are families where perfection, or at least a convincing illusion of perfection, is expected at all times. And failure to produce that perfection results in isolation and rejection. There are cultural expectations for some of us to be right. And where being right is more important than being collaborative. But as we heard in the Time for All Ages earlier, there is no all the time right. Switching gears to a practice of love in which we can discuss our differences honestly is a profound paradigm shift for many people. It is disconcerting to be asked to acknowledge conflicts or hurts if our experience is that these conversations lead only to punishment and rejection rather than to a deeper relationship that comes from mutual understanding. If our previous experience is that discomfort is a one-way ticket to exclusion, the discomfort necessary in accepting, in hearing other people's perspectives, the discomfort necessary in admitting that we don't know everything, the discomfort necessary in accepting responsibility, all of that discomfort is hard to tolerate if we have been taught that discomfort and danger are the same thing. The active, flexible, living practice of love is necessary to create spaces where we can be bold, authentic, and caring. And that brings me to another point raised in All About Love, which is that the authentic practice of love is congruent with liberation. Bell Hook says, the true practice of love cannot coexist with abuse or with systems of domination. In the contrast I made just now between the loving community and the settings where no mistakes are tolerated, one of the ingredients that gets in the way of love is fear. And as Hooks writes, it's in chapter six, fear is the primary force upholding structures of domination. It promotes the desire for separation, the desire not to be known. When we are taught that safety lies always with sameness, then difference of any kind will appear as a threat. 
When we choose love, we choose to move against fear, against alienation and separation. The choice to love is a choice to connect, to find ourselves in the other. As an antidote to fear, Hooks calls us to choose to be known, to choose to be our whole selves, and to embrace the practice of other people being their whole selves, different from us. This is what we need to cultivate hope and to overcome the nihilism of isolation, despair, and fear. She quotes Cornell West, who says, Nihilism is not overcome by arguments or analyses. It is tamed by love and care. Any disease of the soul must be conquered by a turning of one's soul. This turning is done through one's affirmation of one's worth, an affirmation fueled by the concern of others. Cornell West is also known for reminding us that justice is what love looks like in public. For both West and Hooks, love is a practice in our personal relationships and in our societal structures. Listen to West here talking about affirmation of one's worth. This is humanist language, ready to unleash the potential of the inherent worth and dignity of every person, which necessarily includes dismantling the structures that dehumanize. West and Hooks agree that making that turn is fueled by active care and concern, by practices of nurture and affirmation and support. The project of caring for one another and the project of humanizing the spaces we inhabit and the project of cultivating justice and mercy in the public sphere are all the same project. They're all connected, different entry points, but they're all connected. They are all aspects of love. I want to back up a little bit and talk about liberation because that's not a framework that everyone is used to. Liberation is not single issue based, and it is not about more powerful people making good things happen on behalf of less powerful people. Liberation is a vision for a different way of being. Putting this in love terms, Bell Hooks says, a love ethic presupposes that everyone has the right to be free, to live fully and well. A few months ago, I spoke about Paulo Freire and Pedagogy of the Oppressed, in which he speaks about communities of learners who are subjects rather than objects. Liberation requires an assumption of agency, particularly the agency of people who are most impacted by oppression. I've also referred to liberation theology, which includes Black liberation theology and Latin American liberation theology, among others. In these movements, our deepest sources of hope and inspiration are not separate from the world, but are present with us in the struggle for liberation. Liberation means freedom from oppression, living into a world that practices the inherent worth and dignity of every person, moving toward economic justice and collective concern for collective well-being. Liberation is a vision in which all of us need all of us. Our thriving is connected. Remembering Nelson Mandela's description of Ubuntu, the profound sense that we are human only through the humanity of others, that if we are to accomplish anything in this world, it will be in equal measure, be due to the work and achievements of others. Liberation is not about benefactors or saviors, but about people acting together for the collective good because none of us are truly self-sufficient. Put another way, liberation is about right relationship at every scale of relationship. And so for full circle, liberation is about love. When we behave in our relationships in a way that brings about mutual care and shared thriving, that is the love in operational terms that Bell Hooks spoke of. 
Liberation is a vision and it's a practice that we can create on a small scale, even as we acknowledge that the larger society is not yet free. According to Bell Hooks, systemic oppression accepted in the larger culture is a major obstacle to our practice of true love. In All About Love, she explores the obstacles of patriarchy, gender roles and expectations that prevent people from being honest with each other and themselves, norms of systemic oppression that turn what could be mutually caring relationships into power struggles. In other writings, she explores how racism gets in the way of relationships and in the way of the feminist movement. Systems of, of oppression overlap and interlock. Every aspect of a worldview that diminishes the agency, dignity, and worth of some for the benefit of others gets in the way of the practice of love. And practicing love in defiance of those systems, being authentic, and demonstrating care and cultivating courage in relationships, the practice of love helps dismantle oppression. We cannot practice a love ethic without letting go of racism, patriarchy, classism, wealth inequality, xenophobia, and other oppressions. Awakening to love can only happen as we let go of our obsession with power and domination, writes Bell Hooks. She goes on to say, to bring a love ethic to every dimension of our lives, our society would need to embrace change. Embracing change is, of course, difficult. We've had two years of change due to the pandemic, and it's hard. Governors are rushing to remove mask mandates, even though masks work, because voters are longing for something familiar. And it's easier to give in to the illusion of normalcy than to make the choices we need to make for mutual care. As we at West live into being a hybrid community, a home for humanists wherever they find themselves in the world, a place where people can remain connected, even if their disabilities or their caregiving responsibilities make it hard to travel on Sundays. We are going to remember again that change is hard. Practicing welcome and inclusion is hard. Demonstrating our values in the way we do things, even if it's not familiar or comfortable, is hard. And again, if you, you, if you are used to comfort, being the same as safety. It may not feel like love to do the things that are unfamiliar so that we can be inclusive and flexible. Love asks us to change so that all of us can live fully and well. Fear gets in the way of love and practicing love gives us the courage to overcome fear. Choosing love means choosing authenticity, choosing the possibility of accountability and forgiveness, choosing collective well-being instead of power and domination, choosing mutual thriving instead of an ethic of control. Choosing love means choosing connection. It is not easy. And we are capable of doing hard things. Choosing love means we will not be doing hard things alone. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you in this platform. In this time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values that we're lifting up today. As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response.
This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. I invite you to share in the Zoom chat if you're joining us live, or in the comments if you're watching the recording later. So some uh, appreciations for the music, which I can certainly second. Uh, comment from Laura DeShulo, thank you for the framing of taking precautions and making changes during this time as leaning into love rather than fear. So often I hear of masks, social distancing, etc. being living in fear of COVID, and I appreciate this other way of looking at it all. Uh, Judy Ohm reminds people to set your chat to everyone. It's a comment from Jeff Mihal. This was a great platform, but I fear because of recent events, the word love is not in my vocabulary today. Well, maybe it will be tomorrow, Jeff. We can always hope for better days ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was reminded as you were talking, Lynn, about liberation and liberation theology, how much that concept seems to resonate with uh, the old ethical culture concept of the ethical manifold and how we are all tied in to each other. So I am not seeing any more comments which may reflect an uh, inability on my part to have the iPad working properly, but let's see, here's one more. Or, oh, here we go, here we go. Um, Adam says, today's platform has me thinking about how to be a better manager. Excellent. Karen Skofieleka, I really appreciate Lynn's exploration of what change can mean, that it might be scary if comfort equals freedom from fear, and that it can be an expression of love. Rajesh says, I agree that love is an active verb, but would add that the source of action is love and affirmation of oneself. Okay. Uh, Lynn says, Jeff, we got stone soup out of the freezer for dinner last night. Your love for the community is feeding people. I remember every stone soup very fondly, the event and the food both. Uh, Abby says, Laura, I appreciate you lifting that up, particularly as masking is more effective in protecting others than ourselves. It is not my fear for myself, but my love of others and wanting to protect them. Adam says, how to create the conditions where folks feel free to take on the work we are contracted to do as a collective rather than hierarchical endeavor. Mm. Ed says, thank you, Lynn. Your sermon points out why love has been triumphing over the arc of history. All right, well, thank you all for your comments. <clears throat> Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Washington Interfaith Network. WIN is a broad-based, multiracial, multi-faith, strictly nonpartisan, district-wide citizens' power organization rooted in local congregations and associations. WIN's 48 member organizations, including WES, represent 25,000 families in every section of the district and reflect its theological, racial, geographic, and economic diversity. Wynn is committed to training and developing neighborhood leaders, to addressing community issues, and to holding elected and corporate officials accountable in Washington, D.C. On the slide, you will see the number to give by text, 202-335-1885, and you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website, ethicalsociety.org. Thank you for your generosity. We will now receive your gifts, and the gift of music from Track Tribe.
Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Thank you to interim music coordinator Leah Morris and guest musicians Jennifer John and her virtual choir, Amachandra, Track Tribe, and the West Band and Chorus. Thanks to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator, to slide artists John and Abby Dakin, and to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thank you to Indara Miles for running our SEEK programs, including OWL, and thank you to Linda Irizarry for running programs for middle and high school youth. Thanks also to Tom Hutton for administrative support, to Joe London for hosting the upcoming virtual coffee hour, to Zoom usher Judy Myers, and of course to today's tech team of John Lika, Denise Howell, and John Pfeiffer. At the conclusion of the platform, please join us for virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom, coffee hour space will divide into breakout groups for small group chatting. To get to coffee hour after closing words, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour, one word. Thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. You can find information about opportunities to connect in the Sunday links or news and notes emails. Here is some of the latest news. Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, otherwise known as SEEK, is looking forward to adding more in-person activities back to the schedule. Our Whole Lives is scheduled to meet today at noon. Coming of Age is scheduled to meet today at 1 p.m. Next week, the pre-K through second grade class and the high school youth group are each scheduled to meet in person at 10.30 a.m. If you aren't already receiving the SEEK newsletter, please contact Indara Miles. And if you would like to consider <clears throat> lending your time and talents to the many available volunteer roles in our SEEK program, please contact Indara Miles. And speaking of which, all are welcome to participate in this month's SEEK service project. In honor of National Children's Dental Health Month, we're collecting new children's toothbrushes, and dental floss for the Global Dental Relief Organization. Handmade cards are also welcome to be created for volunteers who are dentists, hygienists, assistants, and general volunteers. Look for a donation box in the foyer of the meeting house or contact Indara Miles. Our next Path to Membership series of sessions begins today, February 13th. The class will be on Zoom at 1 p.m. Anyone who's exploring the idea of becoming a West member or even exploring, exploring the idea of becoming a West member should reach out to membership coordinator Maceo Thomas for more details. The reopening task force sent, sent an update on Friday outlining the guidelines for our return to fully hybrid platform next week. Yay. Those who wish to attend a platform in person will need to pre-register and answer a health questionnaire as we did for in-person attendance in December. That form is available at tiny.cc slash platform reservation. What's different now is that in-person attendees will also need to bring their vaccination card or a picture of their vaccination card. Those who are medically unable to be vaccinated can bring proof of a negative test from within 24 hours of platform. Online attendance will continue to be available for the foreseeable future. You're always welcome to tune in by Zoom. Speaking of the reopening task force, they will be available by Zoom after platform next week for a reopening town hall. If you have questions, you can email westreopeningteam at ethicalsociety.org or just ask them in the Zoom next week. Next Sunday, February 20th, Interim Leader Lynn Cox will lead a platform about Unitarian Universalist and Humanist involvement in the civil rights movement of the 20th century. Looking back at unsuccesses and missed opportunities. Please join us next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. to continue the conversation. As always, there's a lot going on. A good way to keep track of things is to check the calendar of upcoming events on the West website. For one more update, here's Sarah Morris speaking on behalf of the Board of Trustees. Hi everybody, I'm Sarah Morris, and I've been a member of West for about 12 years, and I'm in my first year of serving on the Board of Trustees. I'm here to provide the board update for the month of February. 
One of the major things that the board has been working on is Strategy Saturday. Strategy Saturday is typically a full day retreat with the trustees, staff, and various lay leaders in the West community to discuss goals and focus areas for the coming year. This year, Strategy Saturday was organized as two focus groups and a half day Saturday session on January 29th. The major themes for the next program year's focus goals were building financial security, strengthening SEEK and lifelong learning, deepening connections and liberation. These themes will be developed into focus goals for the 2022-23 year, taking into account more detailed input from the Strategy Saturday participants. The new senior leader will shape the focus goals into a work plan for staff and members to work together on for the coming year. It was invigorating to hear input from representatives from Wes's teams and committees and to think about the many opportunities and challenges our community will have in the next year. As always, if anyone would like to share their thoughts with the board, please feel free to email us at email to board, that's one word, email to board at ethicalsociety.org. Also, remember that the minutes and the meeting materials for trustees meetings are available on the members section of the West website. I prepare the minutes and would love to know that someone somewhere looks at them. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sarah, and thanks to all of our hardworking Board of Trustees members. And thanks to everyone who participated in Strategy Saturday. Strategy Saturday. All right, that's it for the announcements. Uh, thanks to all of you for being part of Platform this morning. Let's enjoy and maybe even sing along with our closing song of the month. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. No one stands alone, we stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. No one stands alone, we stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle wide. brief reminders as we close. If you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. And to reach Virtual Coffee Hour, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment widening the circle of love and justice for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Thank you for being here for Virtual Platform. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.